Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. From the Battery Street Studios of KCBS Radio in San Francisco, I'm Matt Pittman, and this is Bay Current for Monday, December 20th. I walked around the Tenderloin this weekend, starting at Polk and O'Farrell, meandering and weaving up and down streets across a roughly eight-block stretch, finally wrapping up around the Powell Street BART station. And I saw no fewer than, by my own count, six separate instances of people using hard drugs, mostly crack and heroin. But this wasn't a shocker to me. I live in this city. And if I'm driving and trying to get to the freeways headed south or across town to, say, a Warriors game in Mission Bay, I got to head down the hill and through the TL. It's the quickest way. And honestly, at this point, I think it would be a bigger surprise if I didn't see out in the open drug use when cutting through the TL. And I think so many of us are just used to it. But many have had enough, including Mayor London Breed, who on Friday took a dramatic step one that she and mayors before her have long avoided. I am here uh, with our various leaders in San Francisco to officially declare a state of emergency in the Tenderloin community of the city and county of San Francisco. Too many people are dying in this city. Too many people are sprawled out all over our streets. Earlier this week, I made it clear that there are going to be a number of things that this city is going to do to address public safety. And part of that is a police response. So what does a state of emergency declaration mean? And can it be the first step towards the long, elusive goal of city leaders to actually clean up the tenderloin? KCBS Radio's Kathy Novak has covered San Francisco's ongoing health and public safety challenges in the Tenderloin and elsewhere. And Kathy was there as the mayor announced the state of emergency on Friday. We had heard from her earlier in the week on Tuesday. She had a press conference at City Hall where she was very tough on uh, what she was saying about what had to be done in the Tenderloin's about crime in general, specifically drug dealing, also drug use and sale of stolen goods. And it was all kind of this public safety blitz that she was talking about, which was all around significantly boosting police presence and basically kind of just taking a less tolerant approach in general when it comes to cracking down on the drug trade. And now this one was more specific. On Friday, she talked about declaring a state of emergency. And that um, 
is part of this bigger picture, but it's more specific. It's about uh, basically bypassing regulations and laws that would otherwise be there and otherwise need approval to get action taken quickly in the tenderloin to do all of these things that she's saying that she wants to do because she says it's a crisis now when it comes to drug overdoses in San Francisco that about two people are dying every day from ODs in San Francisco, mostly from fentanyl, and that it is at a crisis level, not unlike the pandemic. In fact, drug overdoses have killed more people in San Francisco than COVID. Yeah. So they're talking about having a similar emergency response to this epidemic. Yeah, and it sounds like they're going to be able to deploy uh, and create these centers where you can basically be queued up for or start receiving substance abuse treatment. And if you refuse, your only other option is to is to go to jail. Is that an accurate sort of synopsis of, of what this will look like? That's certainly the picture I think that the mayor was painting. And it is some of what this declaration of a state of emergency is about that it it's setting up the kind of site that you're talking about. Temporary linkage site is what they're talking about. Yeah. And when you're talking about giving people that choice of get help or go to jail, you know, that may be oversimplifying it. But I actually asked that of the police chief, Bill Scott, at the press conference that the mayor says that. But what does that look like to cops? You know, you're are you really just going to walk up to people in the street and put them in jail for using drugs because they are struggling with addiction? And he said, no, it's not quite that, you know, San Francisco is still a compassionate city. And at the forefront of all of this is the fact that San Francisco spends a lot of money on services for people and spends a disproportionate amount of money on those kinds of services in the Tenderloin. But the way that Chief Scott was putting it was, look, the first time we might come to you and say, hey, do you need help? Will you come with us? We have services for you. That person might go. And then he said, OK, the next day we come back, the same officer, say the same person sitting on the same street corner, openly using drugs. That might be strike two. And then eventually, if the same person is not getting the help that they say they want or, or there is available to them, then that's when they he says they might start citing people because, you know, drug possession is a misdemeanor. It's something that you could be cited for. And then eventually, if this piles up, it is something that could land you in jail. And it sounds like they may just actually be more aggressive about taking that step and making those arrests where in the past, maybe they would have let it go. How much of a departure is this from the more progressive approaches to seeking treatment, not wanting to lock people up for either, you know, possession, open air use? How much is is the mayor now deviating from what the city's approach has previously been? I think it kind of depends on who you ask and what your view is, because if you ask Mayor London Breed, for example, there are services that are being provided and there have been different approaches taken under her leadership, including the street crisis response team. You and I actually went out on a ride along right. with that, which is this new thing that was being tried in San Francisco that didn't exist, um, you know, more than a year or so ago. Um, so that's the kind of intervention where they are actively diverting emergency calls away from the police and trying to uh, deal with things 
things that only need, you know, a social worker or a paramedic, those sorts of things. In terms of now turning around and having more of a police uh, response, that is triggering some people's feelings. Mayor London Breed said on her in her Tuesday press conference, this is going to make some people uncomfortable and I don't care. I my first responsibility is to make the people of San Francisco feel safe. And I think what happened with Mayor Breed is she had a community meeting with people who live in the Tenderloin and heard firsthand from people who have kids in that neighborhood and said, we have to walk into oncoming traffic to walk around people who are lying unconscious in the street with needles in their arm. So she is talking about striking this balance of, yes, San Francisco is a compassionate city. Yes, there are services available, but there are also people in the city who are feeling increasingly unsafe and that she as mayor has a responsibility to them too. So that's sort of the, you know, harm reduction piece of it versus the policing. We're talking about the other portion of it, Matt, is that we also, of course, in the wake of the murder of George Floyd, had this whole national reckoning with policing and, and the Black Lives Matter movement. And there were commitments that that city leadership, including the mayor, made when it comes to redirecting funding from police. And I asked her about that, too, putting specifically a comment that the public defender, Manu Raju, had put on Twitter when she, he said the mayor's proposal to massively expand police presence is regressive and harmful to those who are already underserved and over-police, and that it cuts against the promises Mayor Breed made to divest from law enforcement in the wake of that murder of George Floyd. And her response to that was, those services are still there. San Francisco is still investing um, in services for African-American youth, for example. But again, she repeated that it is not OK for people to not feel safe in their own neighborhood. And that's part of what she's trying to address when it comes to bringing in the police with the view of making people feel more safe. Kathy, appreciate your time. And uh, thanks for uh, the great reporting and the insight. Thanks for having me. The mayor's decision to declare a state of emergency in the Tenderloin was welcome news for Matt Haney. The state of emergency should be something that's familiar to our city and to our board because we were in a state of emergency during COVID. It meant that they were able to secure buildings like hotels to get people inside, secure property, um, deploy staff, disaster service workers. All of these things are needed to confront another deadly epidemic that tragically is more deadly than COVID. Haney represents San Francisco's 6th District on the Board of Supervisors. The Tenderloin is part of District 6. Baker and producer Sidney Fishman spoke with Supervisor Haney about the urgent need for action. Once the funding is supervised for a, dr for a drug site within the Tenderloin, how long would it take to actually get that up and running, especially with like this um, state of emergency? Well, my hope is that they would do it immediately. Okay. My hope is that this state of emergency allows them to do it even quicker. And if they need a, a place to set up a temporary site, like a, a tent or whatever it is, that they just go ahead and move forward and do it. I don't, I don't know why we need to wait for this particular building that we've secured, which may end up being a site uh, for a safe consumption site. But I hope that this state of emergency allows them to move quicker. We uh, said openly we, we've taken the position as a board 
that we want to see a safe consumption site open and we want to see a state of emergency for drug overdoses. And we've asked the mayor to do those things, to address this public health epidemic. She's doing that today. And so I'm standing with that and I will stand with whatever it takes to address the suffering and the death and the devastation that has brought, been brought up to our neighborhood uh, from uh, this drug epidemic, mainly from fentanyl. While health experts say that supervised drug consumption sites can be helpful in decreasing overdoses, there are some who say these sites don't address the problem of addiction. Safe injection sites also pose other legal challenges, too. It's why Haney believes that, for now, a more aggressive approach is required. But where do police and law enforcement fit in? While the mayor has called for increased police funding and a greater police presence in the Tenderloin, Haney says they must walk a fine line. I don't believe in incarcerating people for uh, being addicted to drugs. So maybe I have a different perspective than the mayor on that, it sounds like. I don't think that we should be locking people up because they're addicted to drugs. I think that's the wrong way to, to go. I think it will not find support in the neighborhood. And I think that there are many other tools that we can use to get people help. So um, there is a role for the police, absolutely. Uh, I think it is to stop, it is more related to stopping the drug dealing. I don't think the police, as you heard from Chief Scott today, should be leading the response when it comes to people who are addicted to drugs, which really is uh, a medical issue. Thanks to my colleagues, Kathy Novak and Sydney Fishman, for their help on today's episode. And thank you for listening. If you're enjoying Bay Current, please subscribe on the Odyssey app, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or just about anywhere you listen. And each episode is on the KCBS Radio YouTube page. There's a link in the show notes. That's it for today's Bay Currents. I'm Matt Pittman. We'll chat with you again tomorrow. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh.